Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is Alex Williamson, former chief marketing officer of Bumble, magnificent creator, and one of my favorite Texas girls. In this human to human conversation, Alex and I, we talked about the will to heal, the complicated steps of unlearning and relearning, and having compassion for ourselves and others. Dang, we impact so much. Y'all hear the Texas coming out? Yeah. Anyway, before each episode, I give a few recommendations inspired by the conversation that you're about to hear. I share a song to add to your playlist and a book to check out. I also share a reflection question based on something that was sparked by the episode. So here goes. This episode's song to put on repeat is I Am by James Arthur. This week's read is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And after you listen to this episode, reflect on this question. When do I feel my most authentic self? Don't hesitate to leave your response in the comments or at stacyack.com. Now, let's get into the conversation with Alex. Like I've always been about the human connection and as much as we can connect with people and really go deep and, and learn from each other, the better. And so when I started this, I really wanted to just first chat with people that I'm already obsessed with, already inspired by, and already feel like I have a great human connection with and like want to keep going deeper with them. So anyway, when you said like, girl, I'll do it, I was like, I love Alex. So <laughs> ever not. Are you kidding? I just think the world of you, I, I find you so inspiring. And um, I just find your ambition and your, you're just so genuine and raw. And I think that um, you bring a lot to a lot of people's lives and to be even somebody that you would want to talk to on this, it, it means a lot to me. So Girl, oh my thank goodness. you. Trust me, trust me, same. Okay, so I'm, I have it on speaker view. But um, so I first want to introduce Alex as, when, when me and Alex met, I was working as a queen bee for Bumble. Um, if you know Bumble, then you know it's a popping, incredibly well, con- it's about connection. That's like the whole app, which is why I was so obsessed with working with you guys. Like it, that was an incredible way to even be introduced to the app because I didn't know anything about it um, beforehand. So I was like, wow, this app is like embodies everything I already love. Um, and so that was really dope. And you were the CBO of the brand, started with it from the bottom, and now they're here. And yes. <laughs> bottom, bottom, I was like, okay, y'all been in college. This is crazy. Like, I loved hearing your story just about commitment to a brand like that, but also commitment to the mission. And I thought that was just amazing. And it really showed me who you are because, you know, we all, not we all, but a lot of people work in corporate environments. And sometimes they don't really care what the mission of the brand is. It's just about the money. But I could just feel and tell that that was a really big part of you, not just because it was a job, but because it was a part of your lifestyle. I mean, it, to me, I think that we, it, look, I think that it's, everybody who has a job is, is incredibly fortunate to have one, to find a job that actually has a, like a mission that you can stand behind and align with and values that, that mean something to you is incredibly rare. And I know, I don't, I think that something that I can say for my time at Bumble is that I never felt like I took that for granted. I feel like it was, I constantly challenged myself every day to really, you know, embody that, that what we were trying to create and build. And it changed my life in so many ways for the positive because, uh, you know, we were four, yeah, when we, when we first launched, there were, there were four of us, four women under 
under 30. I was the oldest at 27. And um, oh my gosh. We, were, we were all trying to change the dynamics in dating. And as a single woman at that time, you know, being able to go after, you know, making the first move is something that's, it's very freeing and it's very empowering. Really? Um, but we were really trying to empower women. And so I, I really took that concept to heart and started asking myself in my life, like, is, am I living my life in an empowered way? And if I'm not, and I'm representing the brand, then that's not aligned with what we're doing. And, and that caused a so many like seismic shifts in my life um, and opened up a lot for me. And I think that, that in that way, I learned so much, not only about myself, but others and the way that humans connect and um, the way that we connect in, in working environments and yeah. in relationships. And I think that all of that, you know, it was not only such an incredible journey professionally, but personally, the growth that I had during my time there was really, um, I'm just really grateful for it. Yeah. I love that you mentioned relationships and how we connect, right? That's like one of my favorite things to get into now, because I just realized that they don't tell you in eighth grade, like when you fight with your best friend and like you guys talk bad about each other. And the next day y'all are all friends that you get older and you can't really do that. <laughs> and like, you have to have real conversations. They don't tell I, you the rules. I weirdly remember learning about conflict resolution when I was in like fourth grade, but not taking it seriously. And right. it's so important. <laughs> so, it is so important. I think that, uh, you know, education doesn't teach you a lot about how to live in the real world and how to, to live in a way that actually um, feels good. Like you can, you know, doing things and having interactions that, that, you know, you feel good about and feel like you can look yourself in the mirror after it's all of that. You have to, it's the trial and error of life. To, try, to figure it out. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, trial and error and then what else no that's really it like just that's everything really is trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> that's all of this has been learning and honestly being able to you know watch your journey talk to you and like just have a relationship with you i've also been inspired by the moments that you're like no we actually failed at that or actually we didn't know that was going to work or whatever those things are because sometimes we forget to fail forward we forget to try um we forget to experience new things again i keep thinking just as you said sometimes that school system i i have this theme now i've now been just like reminding myself that just because you're a certain age or in a certain bracket or with a certain type of people doesn't mean you're not allowed to raise your hand and ask questions and act like and be real that you don't know stuff beginner's mind it's the like the beginner's childlike mind where you ask questions and aren't afraid to is it's uh you learn a lot more in life than pretending like you know the answers mm -hmm. um and i think that that's you know i've been doing that a lot since leaving bumble um, where I think I, I've always enjoyed asking questions and learning, but I think that some of the, the other endeavors that I've been involved in, I've asked a lot of, had to ask a lot of questions and it's yeah. been, um, it, yeah, it just, life is so much, so much more vibrant when you're, when you're constantly learning. And I think that raising your hand and saying, you don't know something allows someone else to feel comfortable doing the same thing. Right, and, right. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit on why you decided to leave Bumble and what that, you know, transition was like for you? Absolutely. So I, it was a really interesting transition. Um, I left, I, I went on medical leave from Bumble. So I have a condition called fibromyalgia. Um, I've had it since I was 23 and it's always been something that's been really manageable for me. Actually, I, very ironically, I remember doing a podcast on or around Valentine's Day 
it was called The Hurdle. And I was on talking on this podcast about fibromyalgia. And I said in it, I was like, I'm just so grateful because I have fibromyalgia, but it's never hindered me from being able to work. It's always been something that I've been able to manage and maintain. And it was like famous last words after that. It was, right. Oh my oh, God. It, it was so crazy. Right after that, it just, it was like I, so typically with fibromyalgia, you have you know, it's a, it's a chronic condition for anybody who doesn't know what fibromyalgia is. It's a chronic condition. It's an invisible illness. And it's, it's, you've learned from the process of elimination. There are like pain points that you have, but essentially I live in chronic pain and it's, it's normal to me to, to feel like I'm in pain always. I, I am constantly always moving and stuff. And it looks like I'm just kind of like vibing on myself, but really I'm just trying to like find positions out and find the comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and so it typically will last like 48 hours and then I'll, I'll feel better. And it, so I've, I was used to it being that way. And then I had what they call a fibro flare up, just a super sexy uh, thing to say that you, you experienced, but it did not go away for three months. And so I was having migraines. I was having brain fog. I was literally like, I remember there was a time I was in LA doing some events and a lot of, it was like a podcast series. I was doing a bunch of different podcasts and I would go out and do the podcast then come back to my hotel room and, and cry and then get back up and redo my makeup and go out again and do the next thing because I was in so much pain. And finally, when I faced the fact that I was in pain, uh, the team was so supportive and I have really rambled about this, but it was it was just amazing how supportive the team was of that time in my life and um, recommended that I go on medical leave. Whitney actually said to me, I feel like my rest in peace, but she said that I feel like my Kobe Bryant is limping and is everybody can see that you're limp, that he's limping, but you know, but you and, and please go take that time to get well. And so I did, and I went to doctors and specialists and they said they couldn't help me with a Western approach. So I took an Eastern approach. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, to healing, per their recommendation, I went to Thailand. And I lived in an ashram for five weeks. And, I mean, I was trying everything. I was seeing every healer that I could. If somebody had said, like, eat cat hair, it'll make you feel better, I would have done it. You know, like, I was literally trying everything to power heal. And, and so I went to this ashram, and I studied uh, classical yoga, which was, uh, and Ayurveda, which was a lot more focused on philosophy and psychology uh, behind yoga. It was actually with the oldest yoga school in the world. Um, but I didn't know, I just ended up getting going there, uh, through a recommendation from my sister-in-law and I learned so much and it opened my eyes to the way that I viewed the world and how I, I think for so long, I've, I, I have been looking at how to help heal broken relationships and how to help people connect in a healthier way, but I hadn't really ever thought about my relationship with the planet and, and mm -hmm. our mother Earth and how much we take it for granted. And, um, and my relationship with my own health, really, it was something that I'd never truly explored before that. And, um, and so it just, it changed my perspective on, on life in a way. And, in a lot of ways that I'm, I'm really grateful for, but I, um, I had this, this moment and it was something called the yamas and the niyamas. They're the principles behind yoga. 
um, the yoga philosophies and they're basically like the virtues. It'd be like the 10 commandments, if you will, of yoga. And one of them is Asteya. And I got that tattooed on my wrist and the day that I actually signed my paperwork with Bumble because Asteya means non-stealing. And that was something that changed my whole views on life in general. Uh, it, it, it means not taking more than you deserve or need from the earth, from animals, from others, or from yourself. Mm. And so I, I, that for me, it felt like, you know, I, I felt like I had lived out my, my time at Bumble. I felt like I'd contributed as much as I could give and had loved building that company and loved watching it grow and have the best relationships with everybody on the team. Um, but I felt like it would have been stealing to stay there longer, stealing from not only the company's growth as it became more corporate and sold to Blackstone, but also, uh, from myself, you know, and, and opportunities like, uh, for me in the future. So that was really it. But I think us, it, it, the whole concept of non-stealing really works for boundaries, period. It, it redefined boundaries to me. I think it's a like hot button term that everybody talks about is like respecting your boundaries, but it's like saying to love yourself, but what, is, what do both of those things really mean when we right. can't even think about how to love another person? And, uh, and thinking about it in the way of, I'm not going to take from another person. Um, you know, I'm not going to take from like another meeting, even if like in, the, like in a conference, let's say you're on a conference call or something and keep interrupting, keep interrupting the person who's trying to speak. You're stealing that moment from that person to get their, their voice heard and really living a life that is, is, low and stealing is something that I'm striving for. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I'm so like, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And also I have so many questions within the story because for one, did you feel- Bring them on. <laughs> so that was a very long-winded story, by the so way. Good. It was so good, but I heard all the, there's so many points to hear. So first, um, again, thank you for sharing um, the condition with us because there, there might be a lot of people who might be experiencing it, don't realize they're experiencing it or have it and haven't figured out maybe, you know, how to manage. I don't know if you've run into a lot it's, of different pe people where that's been the case. It's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about because it's, you can, it feels very lonely when you experience something like chronic pain and you don't know what's going on mm -hmm. and doctors can't really help. And, and a lot of, cause I've done a ton of research on it. Mm -hmm. I, I truly, when I went to medical leave, I, I, it was funny, the VP of people at Bumble and I called it, I called it power healing where I was trying to heal my body as quickly as I could. Yeah. And so I did tons of reading on it. And the general consensus is that people feel like it's, it's a, it's a central nervous system condition. And they found out a lot about fibromyalgia recently, but because they didn't understand it, they would say to patients that it was in their head and you know, it doesn't help. Anyone. It was in their head. It wasn't something oh, that wow. you know, they were, because it doesn't come up on blood work. It's, you know, and, and, um, and so it can make you feel very lonely and, and it's something that you really have to find the lifestyle choices that work for you to help you heal. There's medications that you can take for fibromyalgia. Um, I, I don't, I choose not to take any of them, but there are like three different options, but it's, it's something that is definitely tough. My, by the way, my internet connection is unstable. So if I cut out, sorry. Uh, about that. But yeah, so that was, but was I scared? I was it, admitting that I was in pain was one of the scariest moments of my life. I could hardly keep it together because it, to me, pain was weeks before. And, um, and I think that I didn't want to be perceived as weak or unable to perform a role. And, um, and 
So admitting it was actually scarier to admit that to myself, I think, than to someone else as much as I was scared to, you know, as much as I was scared to appear one way or another to other people, it was, you know, admitting to myself that I wasn't feeling okay. Um, and it, it was a lot of denial for me to think that it wasn't, that it, you know, a lot of denial to think that that feeling is normal. It is my normal, but it's, it's not, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's something that not everybody, most people thank God don't experience. And I wouldn't wish it on anybody, um, to have that experience, but I definitely, in hindsight, even though I was scared and super grateful for it, I think it kind of opened me up to being a bit more of a raw nerve. <laughs> and that's, and <laughs> you know, from something that, so you might say the last part you said, I said it, it, I think it opened me up to being more of like a raw nerve because once you admit something that is, you know, something that you perceived before as failure and go through that, it's sort of like, well, you, <laughs> here I am, <laughs> take it or leave it. I can still work and I'm still, yeah, I'm still capable of, of working and running businesses as proven before. And so I just, and, and fortunately that it hasn't, it hasn't stopped me. And so I think that, um, and it hasn't stopped any of it, it worked for me. And, and I think that the moral of the story is that you're stronger. I think for anybody who has fibromyalgia and pain and is scared, like just trust yourself that you're capable of doing things. It might be harder for you, but don't give up and don't give in to, um, to letting yourself go, go down into the path of, of accepting that you can't cause you can do things. Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's scary because, you know, part of that, that I was asking. So like, first it's like, am I scared to admit that this happening? The answer is yes. Then it's like, am I scared to try and fix it? You know, for you to decide to go an Eastern route and you're saying that that wasn't something you were used to or comfortable with, or even familiar with in some way, what, of course it's like, oh, I had to because I was in this position, but truly what convinced you? Because sometimes we have options and we're like, I'm too scared to even find out if that option is going to work. You know, there's a vulnerability in that. And I just, I wonder what that process was like when you were like, I'm going to go the Eastern route. I'm going to, I'm going to try like trying was, is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Trying is a lot. And I, I think I was scared. Um, of trying this, but I moved at it very quickly. So I think from the time that I heard about it to the time that I was actually in Thailand was maybe like a week and a half. Um, so I didn't give myself too much time to really think it through. But at that point, like I said, I would have tried, I mean, I've tried all sorts of alternative healing methods and I'm a big believer, you know, people like to, to like frown upon holistic treatments and and say whatever you will about them. But if, if, if something provides one person, let's say, which I believe in acupuncture, so that's not the best example maybe, but like, and I believe in reflexology. I, mean, I could go down like a long chart of things yeah. that I believe in that people would be like, ah, but, but like Reiki, for example, let's say that you, you know, Reiki works for you and it's Reiki's a, a, an energy shifting, like um, I've done it too, but it's an energy shifting uh, treatment that you do. and and a lot of people say like, this doesn't work, but I don't really think you can judge what works for one person or another. Exactly. And if, and, and you know, you can say it's placebo, but if the placebo works for somebody, then who cares? <laughs> you know, like just do the things that make you feel good in life. And, and I don't think that there should be shame around them, but we really stigmatize and shame so many different ways of healing, so many different ways of existing as a society in general. We like to, we like to put people's methods for living their life down. And, and I've kind of learned through that, that you have to live your life the way that 
works for you and kind of cut out all the noise and bullshit. Was there something for you that you used to judge or think was different or think you just would have never done and, and now have really opened your mind up, not through just experience, but maybe just through realizing like your experience opened you up to so many other experiences. Cause even as you're talking, I'm like I, two years ago, I probably wouldn't have really understood most holistic um, experiences or different. Sure. And all of a sudden I'm so intrigued. I'm so interested. I want to hear everything you've tried because there are so many other ways to do life than we think. It's so fun. Yes. I think, you know what? I think that, that, um, I would say that I use, I guess. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. You know what is funny? I will give you one. I was so judgmental of vegans. I thought that veganism was like a cult or a religion. And I, I just like, I mean, at one point, I think that somewhere I, I like wrote down, like I would never date a vegan or something like that. Like, and now I, yeah, I, I am veganish. Like, you know, I, I still flex, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, mm-hmm. th- it's something that I, I really am. I actively try to be yes. and, yes. And have learned so much about it. And I think that, you know, a year ago before this whole journey, I would have like made fun of myself, probably not really made fun yeah, of myself. Yeah, for sure. But sure. not, but like would have, you know, been under the, the idea that it's like veganism or CrossFit as, you know, right. those are religions. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I've learned that you can't, I have never done CrossFit, but you can't really judge things that work for somebody and, right. and. I think an open mind is really important, but to all holistic things, I think for the most part, I've always been pretty open. Um, yeah. So for, I think I just have, I, I'm always, I have kind of like an explore, like a beginner's mind, a child's mind. I like to go and try, try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely I think that it, I learned a lot in terms of, you know, the judgment. I think that the main person that we all judge is our own selves. Um, and I've been that I, I learned. So, I mean, in the ashram, I learned a lot about it. It was psychology and, and philosophy. And so there was a lot of inner work done. And I think that, you know, it, it opened me up to being a lot more compassionate to myself and to other people mm-hmm. working on it all the time, the self-compassion, but of course. So I want to do a quick story because again, a reason that I really want to have this conversation with you is because I really saw your humanity. I saw that for one, you were willing to change your mind in a public place, which is for me, us Instagram. So like, I'm seeing you say like, okay, be imperfectly vegan, be imperfectly um, a person who recycles, be imperfect with it, but try the whole thing about these, these new ways of just like allowing yourself to live life is trying. And so to the point of, of veganism, I've been, you know, vegan-ish for two and a half months and definitely would have like talked about myself <laughs> two years ago. I'd have been yeah. like, doing too much. Like this stuff is expensive. Girl, just get the meat. Like I would, and plus you and I made so many jokes about loving cheese and never giving it up. And like, that was our connection. The first time you we, know were, what? You, we were I, like, well, cheese is for life. We're both Texas but, girls. Never, ever, ever <laughs> giving this up. And Texas. Are, yeah. I mean, I like, I think I, I think 70% of my body was queso before. <laughs> like it was like, you know, they say like your body's water. Mine was just queso. Cause I ate it like four times. A, and I'm not talking like I'd have like a couple bites. Like I would eat yeah. bowls of queso before yeah. and no shame in that game. Like I loved it, but <laughs> I don't miss it. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't miss it. Like I thought I, I did for probably six months. It was pretty miserable, but I don't really miss cheese. Like I, I thought. 
I mean, there's who's to say? I mean, uh, tomorrow I could decide like I don't want to be vegan anymore. I right, don't right. and go just head first dive into cheese and change my mind then. But for right now, it's been it's been working, and I think so much of it was because it helped me. It so it helped me heal. Anybody who's watching this of your followers is probably like, ah, oh, vegan talk. <laughs> yep. Just listen to it. Be, be a part of it, guys. You don't have to do it. Yeah, it is, to this is all about what I, I'm not pushing. I'm not trying to push it on anybody. I'm just telling you what. So when I was in the, because I don't like pushing beliefs on people. But, right. um, but I was in the ashram and it was all vegan. It was a vegan ashram. And I started to feel better. Like my, my body started to feel better. Like everything felt better. My skin cleared up. My, like under my eyes got lighter, like everything started to heal for me. And then I started learning about the environmental impact of it. And mm -hmm. I think that it just gave it, for me, it gives, and, and of course animals and it gives it all of that together. It's like when you eat a vegan meal, you just feel bad for me. I just feel better about my choices in life. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm honoring an animal and honoring the planet and because of the, I mean, it has crazy environmental impact, uh, the meat industry, but I think that it just was it, something that made me feel lighter in a way, like my spirit lighter every day. And so I, I have continued to do it because it, it, it continues to feel that way. Um, and, and even, you know, when we're all confined in the house and, um, and, you know, can't get outside, it's like, an, it's a, strangely a simple way to connect with back with the earth. Right, 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 so, right. What was something that you learned or, you know, experienced through being there that that had an environmental impact with the way you're eating? And I know you mentioned your relationship with the planet. Was there something that like shocked you that you hadn't even thought about that now you're a lot more open to? The well, the amount of that so many of the carbon emissions in in that take place in the world come from cattle. And I didn't know that. And I think that, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize how much of, you know, soybeans are grown to feed cattle and, you know, we're, we're feeding billions and billions of animals each year so that we can eat them when they're, you know, there are like a fraction of that amount of people on this earth and that we could actually feed all those people if we stopped putting the money into the meat industry and, and growing in that way. Um, and so, I mean, there was definitely so much. There's documentaries that I watched there that I, I would recommend to anybody. I feel like I'm pushing, pushing veganism, and well, I'm not trying no, to. But it's about learning. But, like I'm also very yeah. good process. And just yeah. like said, tomorrow we could be like, forget it, queso it is, whatever. It could be that. But in whatever the journey is, it's all about learning and being able to touch base with people who are willing to share. And that's For what sure. people get out of it. It's like, just to learn this perspective, it doesn't mean change your perspective. It just means have, a, have an opening to another one as well. Exactly, exactly. And so I think for me, there were some really heavy, like shorter films that were shown on YouTube that actually showed what takes place in animal factories, which I, I had never seen. Actually, I'd, so I'd seen all these different documentaries. I'll tell you what happened. I saw like Forks Over Knives, um, What the Health, Cowspiracy, and then when I was out of the ashram and Game Changers came out, Game Changers is a really great one to watch. Um, but there was one that was shown about the animal factories. And I told myself, and I actually haven't seen it yet, but I hear Natalie Portman's uh, film Eating Animals is supposed to be really good too. Um, but, but it was a four minutes of, of the, what take, like the abuse that takes place on, on factory farming, uh, animal farming. And, and I told myself, okay, 
you cannot like, no matter how much I didn't want to look at it, cause it was so much easier to me to not look and just ignore it and be like, this is fine. This is, you know, we're supposed to do this. This is meant for me. Right. You know, the, you know, this is made, these animals are made for me to eat them or whatever. And, and I told myself, I'll watch these four minutes. And if that doesn't change my mind and I feel okay continuing to, I will, and I won't feel bad about it anymore. But I, but I cannot not like out of just respect to any animal that I ever continue to eat, I cannot not watch this. Mm -hmm. And so I watched, and I mean, Stacy in this ashram studying with other people, I started just ugly crying, like snot out of my nose, like hysterical crying, just ruined it for everybody else. Everybody else is watching it. And then you have this person who's just like traumatized, bawling, crying, had to get up and leave the room, come back and leave the room and come back. And I was like, well, that, that was the, on the coffin for me. (laughs) Two minutes, I figured it out. Oh my goodness. It was, it was, it was, it was a, it was bad. I'll spare you the details. There was one moment, maybe we could offline about it, that, 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 had it was if just you're interesting guys check it out if not it's fine yeah the, well the, this video I, do, I don't even remember the name of the video mm. uh it was on youtube i'm sure you could find it it's it just yeah it it was pretty profound but yeah. i listen i also think that everybody you know everybody's bodies are different and everybody has to do what works for their their life and makes them feel good mm-hmm. You mentioned compassion so, earlier and like expanding your compassion for yourself. Um, I'd love to ask, what was the last thing you forgave yourself for, for the first time? Ooh, that's a good question. Forgave myself for, for the first time or just. Just in, or in general, but if there's something, as you continue to learn about yourself, is there something you're like, I never allowed myself to have compassion over that part. And now I, I will, and I will from now on. I think so many things, honestly. I, it's hard to pick one. Um, I think it's a daily, like having compassion for yourself as a daily practice. And it would be as somebody who is an, uh, I think I consider myself a high achiever and high, like overachiever. And I think that as somebody who's ambitious, it's really easy to be hard on yourself. And I think that having grace with yourself and realizing that we're human and you know, I, I hate hurting people's feelings. That's like a, something that really is, um, triggering for me. And I think that I've, I think I've, I've had to learn to, you know, like stay and stand my ground and, and if it makes somebody else feel uncomfortable, but it's standing in my truth and to be able to forgive myself for, for, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're responsible for our own uh, reactions and responses to others. I never realized how much it would take to learn to own your opinion. I ne- Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? 
head over to amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I never realized that until I was like, just as you said, learning to stand my ground, learning to understand mm-hmm. like, these are your thoughts. It doesn't mean that somebody else is wrong or you're wrong. It just means they're your, it's your perspective. What was that process like for you? Like really owning your opinion? I think I still struggle with it because I've apologized like 10 times for talking about being vegan, but, <laughs> but I think that, you know, it's something that, that I, I don't think that we should be afraid to have our own opinions on things. I don't think that we should be afraid to be who we are. And something that I, I feel like we've become a society that just fronts constantly and social media in particular makes me really sad because you look at it and, and people are depressed and sad because they're comparing their, their lives to quite literally like the avatars of other people. Mm. You know, where everybody uses filters or airbrush or whatever it is, and, and they're only posting the moments that make them seem like the, the best they are because it makes them feel good to post that. But, but what we don't realize is that when we're, when we're getting on there and we're comparing ourselves to everybody else, we're taking away from the joy that is each one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that there is so much, like there is so much room to own who you are unapologetically without having to like to do so in a way that, that other people will like, or like, you know, like an Instagram, like, or whatever it is, just you be yourself and who you are. <laughs> have your voice. And cause yeah. I think that, that the more that I think that things are going to shift in that way. Personally, I think that society is heading in a way where I think we'll see a shift take place where people are more open to, to, I hope to, to being themselves and less filtered and open to unlearning. And, um, and I think that you just, it, it's just every time that you allow yourself to be yourself, it, it, it gives you that permission to do it again and again. Absolutely. Is there something you're currently unlearning right now? Currently, I'm learning right now. Girl, of course. <laughs> of course, cool. there's something I'm, I'm unlearning. I think that, um, yeah, I think that in this time in particular and being in um, quarantine is that I'm used to travel constantly. I'm always on the go. I'm always, always traveling. And I think that for me, that sort of chaotic lifestyle of, of constantly being on the move made sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me feel safe almost to, you know, almost very egotistical to think it's very egocentric to think, you know, that it's a self-important. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. It's a self-importance that, that, you know, you need to be somewhere. They somebody needs you. Hopping on planes and traveling makes you feel that way. And I think that at the end of the day, like you're, it's being confined to one space has had, it's been a journey for me to actually, because I'm not constantly running, <laughs> meeting myself every single day and having nowhere to go. And I think that, you know, I came across a mantra the other day that said, peace is safe. And I loved that because I think that so often we go for things that, you know, make us, you know, we get anxious about an event or something or whatever it is. We, we gravitate towards chaos or making decisions in haste. And I think that peace is safe is something that I've been really trying to focus on and unlearn that feeling of needing to constantly be busy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just really, like you, you just said meeting yourself every day. And I feel like that is something that obviously we're all doing in our own way. And once you are doing that, you are constantly looking at your ego saying, Hey, 
hello, we're, we could do this. And yeah. you're like, I have to constantly, the ego relationship is, uh, is, is an interesting Brutal. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. I said interesting, which is non-committal, but you said it brutal. It's, it can be, yeah, it can yeah. be, it can be because you're seeing, you know, that compassion has to come through with the, the sides of yourself that you don't like. Mm-hmm. You have to love your like, and, and love yourself. Somebody described it to me the other day, loving yourself is meeting yourself. And, and it, well, they, they actually said getting to know yourself and understanding who you are with compassion. And right. I think that, look, like none of us are perfect. We all have good sides of us and we all have bad sides. And I think that it's, it's learning to appreciate the good without feeling guilty that you have the good. And then learning to see the sides of you that, are, that you don't love as much and seeing those and meeting them without shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's so much of, uh, so many of the things that I've learned over time, I think, I was somebody who constantly looked to everybody else for advice and really that like I started to, to realize that I was looking outward for answers when I already had the answer that I wanted inside. And I would get frustrated. Like if I talked to my mom and she gave me advice and it wasn't the advice that I was looking for, it's like, okay, why would you get frustrated? You're frustrated because you're, you already know the answer. You know what you want inside. You don't need anybody else to validate what you know is right for you. And I think that that's, that's something that I've learned over the past couple of years. That is such a good reminder. That's so, okay. So now that like, as you're going through the process of continuing to be the best version of Alex, what does that look like in a relationship? Because I'm not going to lie. I double tap every single picture. I <laughs> love, I love you guys, this relationship. I don't know your partner. I never met him, but I love just, I just love how you guys look together. I, you and I had a really dope conversation about relationships at that same dinner over time, okay, so it was a great dinner, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> so it was like one of the best dinners I've had in LA because we were downtown kicking it. Like we were just, it was 1990. Anyway, moving so on. Um, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter what year, guys. Anyway, so we were like, just had, and we talked about relationships. We talked about your experience with relationship. We talked about you leaving a past relationship and then you, and you kind of talking about, okay, like the reborn. And now you're in this, what I see as a beautiful relationship, but I'd love to know in the process of constantly having compassion with yourself, meeting your ego, um, you know, unlearning and relearning, and then also sitting next to a partner and doing that together. What's that been like? It has been, I'll tell you this, my relationship has been, I I really feel lucky. I feel really, really fortunate to have this relationship. It has been the biggest catalyst for me um, for change and, and actually getting to know myself with compassion. I think that you know, what, what we, what happens in relationships is that the other person that you're with holds up a mirror and you see yourself and you see the good and you see the bad and you can either look into it and, and address your, yourself or you can deny it and project onto the other person and, you know, and end up in a cyclical mess. And I think that part of healing for me from, from just healing, healing my, myself and, uh, emotionally, I would, I would say emotionally, like he- heart healing, but that felt kind of cheesy to say, but healing, I'll just say it, healing my heart, I think has been in this relationship because it's, I've, it's been met with so much patience and kindness, um, and, and support. And I think that being able to have a relationship like that, where you, you can share and, um, and share in that and, and share in that level of honesty has been really, really great. And I, I think that 
for most, I've, I've, I've had a hard time being that open. I think, you know, we talked about it earlier that weakness is something that I always like, you know, like that, I never wanted to be perceived as weak. And so when you're that, when you're headstrong, that can be tough in a relationship. And I think that, that it's been really nice to, to be with a partner who just like makes space for that. Um, and, and I think my, he's wonderful and he, he's very into mindfulness and meditation and has been really, uh, such a catalyst for, for growth for me. Um, but I, I think that's what you look for. And I, and I hope for him, I, I have been as well, but I think that's what you look for or what, what is the beauty of a good relationship is that you both, you know, you, you don't let the other one become stagnant. You put, you lovingly push them to, to become better and, and to love themselves deeper and then to, you know, to be that support along the way. Um, so it's, it's been, it, yeah, it has been a wonderful wonderful I've, I've been lucky and I, I tend to be a runner like I love to run from uh, run away if 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 you know I, I was never one for conflict and I think diving in and and staying has been one of you know like walking through things talking through things is um I think we're often so scared to be vulnerable but when you're when you get to that place in a relationship where you can be vulnerable and you can admit your shortcomings and admit your own fault. I think like that's something that I'm learning that's so incredible in a relationship is instead of, you know, I think that we do it as, as girlfriends too. We like hyper girlfriends up and say like, Oh, he should have done that. Or you should be, you know, just treating, but, and I've always done that with my girlfriends and I've, I've learned so to change that. that. It's like, okay, well, what? <laughs> yeah. But it, when your girlfriends actually will, you know, or any of your friends will actually help you see that, that, you know, your responsibility for things, it definitely, or that, or you have a partner, you, you just decide that you're going to see your responsibility. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba and things i think that it's easier to move into a space where a relationship can grow absolutely i love that was there a new skill you learned about yourself or something you learned that maybe you hadn't really confronted throughout your relationship or something that you found out about yourself that you're like wow like again you made space for me to learn this or figure this out and i did and that you could pass on to all of us <laughs> So much. I just, I keep forgetting that, that it's not just a conversation with the two of us. I've gotten pretty it deep. Feel that I'm um, like, well, tell me everything, but I'm like, well, you yes. know, I'll call you later. But also the people need to know, you know, that's, I mean, I mean, cause I have, I've truly, I think that's the scary part um, is that we forget that we also are the 50% or whatever the hundred percent, but we can also sure. pick things up. And as a female and a woman and having my great supportive girlfriends, I, I mean, thankfully, I think or I'm in a space where all my friendships are definitely full of mindfulness and responsibility, but I'm sure like five years ago, they'd be like, girl, uh-uh, and I'm like, girl, uh-uh, isn't an answer. That's not like how we're going to, you know, and I'm sure guys have that too. It's, there's two things, two sides to this, because one, yeah, you should not stay in a relationship that's unhealthy. You should not stay in a relationship that is damaging to your self-esteem or your confidence or makes you feel less than who the, the person who you strive to be. The person who, when you dream of, of whoever it is that you are, the person that you're in a relationship should never make you feel like anything less than, than 
that dream of who you are mm -hmm. and should cherish that. And so if you're with somebody who doesn't make you feel like that, and not just like one fight, you know, like one fight and you're like, ah, whatever, I'm out because that didn't make me feel like that in that moment. I'm talking like consistently sure. the actions prove that then I don't, I personally, I don't choose to stay. Um, but, but I think that, you know, some of the things that I've, I've learned are that I, I run just very sensitive. I think that that's part of what helped me with, uh, with Bumble and what was so cool to me about being a part of that company and building it is, is a just precious team and it, in the user base the the community is just just beautiful humans and I love connecting with people and I think that when you are somebody who's empathetic and connects with people you tend to run sensitive and you know with every positive in somebody's life like every positive attribute there is the equally opposite you know like part of you that that like if you're a passionate woman you're also going to be like passionate in the argument or things like that like it just is part of what makes you you and that's what I mean by not finding the shame and, and you know not shaming yourself for everything that makes you who you are um but I think that something that I've learned is that I tend to be sensitive so I you know I, I know that I can take things that, that weren't intended to be, you know, an insult or whatever and, and flip it and, and hold on to it and, yeah. and let myself like, let, like, like a little girl, let myself, like my feelings get hurt. Yeah. And I think that, that I've had to unlearn that behavior, um, is something that's been really like helpful for me to realize. And I think that that also comes from a place like you just like of being willing and open to trust another person and trust that their intentions are good. Exactly. So if you're constantly looking at another person and assuming that their intentions are bad, you're going to find the negative and things. But if you trust that somebody is on your team in your corner showing up and supporting you, then you know, you, you, you can trust that their intentions are, are good. Therefore, if something is said that isn't said the right way or whatever, you don't take it the wrong way. You assume that it's meant with love. I, I'm just now like fully adopting that assume a positive, intent assume positive intent you know because it can be to trust yeah it is and i think it's a it really is it's like a like viewing the day with gratitude you know or like seeing like finding the things that you appreciate in your day you know you can you can find the negative or you can find the positive you can find the worst of people you can find the best and in relationships you can you know it's it's it goes both ways there are certain things that you don't like certain no's in relationships like don't stand for you know violence, abuse of words, things like that. But I think that, that, you know, it's safe to, when you feel safe to assume the best in another person. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm really happy for you and I'm really happy for you guys. And I can't wait to meet Thank them you. because I'm like, y'all cute as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you to meet him. He's like, the picture is great. I'm into this. And it's just because I, I like know your heart. So for somebody like you can see his heart in the picture you really can't uh, you can see it y'all i'm like this is good like i remember our talk and i'm like this just feels and looks so good not just oh they're cute but genuinely you can feel it and it's something i'm like i just had to bring it up because i knew there was so much advice in that too of just learning yourself learning him him learning you and relationships are wonderful whether they're um romantic platonic those kind of things so, so everything you learn there still addresses in other relationships too but I think relationships, whether they're romantic or platonic or business, they take work every time. Like it's, you know, I think that, you know, as little girls, you're taught to, you're taught that there's, everything is like a, you know, it's, 
everything's going to be perfect. Like you, you're in a honeymoon phase forever. Like, you know, that you're going to meet, like Prince Charming comes along and everything's going to be good. And we don't really see the fact that like, it's like healthy to have, you know, to have hard conversations or it's healthy to, uh, you know, like get through, like lovingly talk through things that maybe you don't see eye to eye on or things, you know, there's, there's no real roadmap to it. And, and I feel like, if you didn't learn it, there's, you know, it takes some time to, to get your feet in and really understand what that looks like in a relationship, in any of your relationships. Yeah, I love that. So before we wrap, I'd love to know what your, as you are, you know, you've moved out of a more corporate environment. Tell me, like, what you're looking forward to, as well as what your service mission is now. And how has it changed? Sure, sure. So... I'm working, I, I'm exploring options. Um, I like that. Excited about you gave me, okay. <laughs> I'm like, excited, that. <laughs> yeah. excited about opportunities. Um, right. Okay, I'm so and, Yeah, and I think mainly for me, my personal mission is to be able to continue to find ways to help people. Um, and that's through, you know, through education and through, um, I think, I, I just think that, that if you can find a way to, to leave the world a better place, um, you know, better than you found it, I, I that's, that's sort of what motivates me and drives me in, in what I do. And I think that would be a personal mission of mine. And I think that, you know, this is, I mean, I always reference this cause it's my favorite, favorite quote is Maya Angelou saying, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And I think that that's really been something that I've tried to apply to my life. And, um, and so every time that I learn something or shift my perspective in a way that helps me see another person, like another human or being's perspective, then doing better to match that. I think that so oftentimes, you know, we stay stuck in our own, um, our own social conditioning or things that we were, you know, you grow up and environmentally grow up and believe and, uh, and think, and then, you know, and, and we see it time and time again, there's, I mean, you look at the news, like people are, there's just the pain and hurt that takes place because, because people aren't willing to expand their minds. And, and, um, and I think that for me, if I can help people change their mind just a little bit and reframe the way that they think, then, then I'll feel like I've done something good in the world. And so I think that for me moving forward, that's, those are, that's really how I'm addressing like, the next chapter. I love it. I want to be on the other side of that. I mean, I will, cause I'm gonna be right here, girl. Like I just, <laughs> always, I'm like, I'm right by the way, you're just, you're so beautiful. I feel like I like just talking to you. It just is so fun to see your face because you're absolutely just like one of the most beautiful humans inside and out. Thank you so much, Alex. Like, so I'm actually like, this is so too much, but I was already plotting our FaceTime because I was going to cry, but I was like, I'm not going to do it here. I'll just call in five minutes. So you guys <laughs> find out I was going to do that. Um, because honestly, like I just wanted to honor your humanity, honor your story and your journey and you know, I don't know if you realize your impact on me personally, but just on people, I had to let you know that it's, it's there and it's so like, it's, uh, it's a beautiful sound. Cause I was going to say it's loud, but not in a way that people would be scared. Like I'm not scared. I, I want to ask you more questions. I want to learn more because 
you are allowing me to feel like I can change my mind. And that's the whole reason I was like, this is a human I just wanted to honor as, as a person who was willing to change her mind in public and who's willing to say, guys, I was wrong. And I and you raise your hand and you, all of that is like the, the love that you display. And so I was like, I just have to honor you in that space and have a conversation with you and hopefully introduce you to my community and show them like, Hey, like <laughs> all of us are so wonderful and all of us are so connected. And you're like one of those people that just, just honestly warms my heart so much. So thank you. I, thank I you know, so girl, much. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> this is why that dinner was so good, y'all. Y'all don't get it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's because your heart is just cold. So thank you. And to anybody who I'm meeting for the first time, who you're just following one of the most incredible humans. Um, so it's, it's great to meet you. Um, yes. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Where, where can people like keep in touch with you, follow your journey? And also, are there any books you have read that you were really inspired by that you could share with us? Sure. Um, where just Williamson on Instagram, I don't really have any other form of <laughs> social media right. anymore. Um, uh, I think, and please, re please reach out. I love meeting new people and, and hearing people's stories. Uh, but uh, books I've read, one that was really like changed my mind a lot was I would recommend the four and fifth four agreements and the fifth agreement. Um, if you haven't read them yet and the Yamas and the Niyamas, I would recommend that as well. Um, the Yamas and the Niyamas, I would feel terrible if the author hears this, but I don't really care for the, the design of the book, but that comes from like a branding background, but the content <laughs> in it is just, it's gold. It really is. The author is brilliant and, um, and that one really had a strong impact on me. Mm, I love that. Okay. You guys take notes on that. Actually, I know I said I had, uh, I was done, but I just wanted to ask you one more question because we did bring it up in terms of branding. Um, and you mentioned that we are going towards that space of like rawness, which I believe and I see and I hope for. And I'm also like allowing myself to kind of take more of the layers off because I feel like that's the best way for us to go. So I loved watching you do it too, by the way. It's, you can tell it's happening, can't you? Yeah, I love it. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, and you know, like how branded we mm -hmm. both were, but you, just because you saw like how we work together and what the brands I do, everything had to be perfect and clean mm -hmm. and whatever. And now it's like, Hey, I, I made asparagus soup and it was wonderful. Hey, I'm drinking oat milk and you should check it out. And Hey, and, yeah. and it's been really cool to just kind of continue to, to be, but how would you give advice to people who are kind of trying to toe that line of like, no, like, there is this perfection or corporate or whatever it is they feel like they have to do versus what you want to give them permission to do. Like, how do they find that balance? Well, I think for starters, if you're in a corporate job or a job where your social media is monitored, just be cautious about what you post in general. It's unfortunate, but that's, you know, part of the, the current role that you're in and the current place that you're in in life. And, you know, don't put anything on the internet that you don't want to have to defend or stand behind. Um, 
I think that would probably be actually my biggest advice. And also like, if you don't want to share, you don't have to share mm -hmm. and, and respecting that own personal boundary. Um, as people become more raw and more vulnerable, like you don't have to do that, but you also don't have to filter yourself. Like it's, it truly is, is just whatever makes you feel liberated. And I think that the best thing that you can do is like stop worrying about how many people like a photo of yours and just post what feels right to you. What was my favorite part about Instagram in the beginning actually was that it didn't matter what you posted and it didn't matter what people who followed you and you could post yeah. anything that you wanted to and nobody cared. And now it's become this like marketplace of, of self-worth, which is mm -hmm. disturbing in and of itself. Um, but just do what feels right for you. And that doesn't have to look the same as it does for someone else. I love that. See? And then if you, if you, if you on Instagram, if you're seeing something or someone that doesn't align with like a, a line with you, or you think like, uh, for example, someone is, you know, I just, I think that we, we judge people a lot. And I think that you like truly can't tell what's going on in somebody's life from their Instagram, mm -hmm. no matter what they're putting up. Mm -hmm. uh, people who put up things that are very vulnerable could generally be pretty happy people, but, but you know, they've gone through stuff and, and connect to that and want to share it. Or you could have people who are posting that the world is, is, I've, I've heard stories of people posting that they have their world together and then there are interventions taking place on them because they are not doing well mentally. And I think that it's just um, uh, remembering that none of it is, a, is truly a full depiction and representation of, of everybody else. So just be gentle with people. Absolutely. You know, that's worth, at least that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I, love I love that. I think that's such a solid, like, just reminder to truly be gentle with not only people yourself, but mm -hmm. all of that, like, encompasses the same thing. And we really never know what people are dealing with. And that's so true. Um, you just, and it's like, if so-and-so doesn't like your post, did you like your post? Like, it doesn't, right. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, it's, yeah, we, we've got to step, and again, back to you trusting your opinion and owning your opinion, like, that's a part of it. The likes don't define if you, it, it shouldn't change your mind if you thought it was a good mm -hmm. photo or not. It's, or a good video or something to share. And it's something that we do have to remind ourselves because it, it's a weird place. <laughs> it's a weird place. Yeah. It is a weird place. And I think if you have the, the, if you, if you are somebody who does want to be more raw or vulnerable, I think, you know, trust that, that regardless of how many people respond or react if that's something that you feel like you're it's on on you you feel that responsibility to share like you know that someone else needs to hear it so don't you know just I think that that would be my advice and and you know like just honoring yourself and anything that you post yeah it is mental health health awareness month is there one practice that you're working on to make sure that you keep your mental health that's a good question um I think gratitude and appreciation in the mornings. Mm -hmm. uh, and that doesn't have to be any sort of fancy ritual. I think that that's um, just, you know, thinking of the positive things, thinking of the things that you're grateful for in your life before you get out of bed um, is something that I'm tr trying to actively practice. Um, and meditation. I think meditation is, um, it's a incredible way and it's hard and, it, and it's not always easy. There are different ways. There's chanting, there's breathing meditation, you know, there's uh, guided meditations, but you know, you, there's one that would work for you, you know, if you explore it, there's one that works for you. Um, I, I really like chanting meditation. Um, and then 
I think actually yoga in terms of mental health, yoga, your mind and your body are very connected. Um, and so I think that's another great way to get in touch with your mind and your breath and um, to really connect. And there are so many great yoga classes that are on, like when you're at home, um, there are so many great yoga classes that are free online yeah. uh, to look at. Of course. Okay, guys, with that said, there's a lot of different tips and ways to not only just like keep encouraging yourself, but keep trusting yourself, keep believing yourself, keep being open mm -hmm. to your own personal compassion, which again, I, I just think that like, they forgot to tell us at eighth grade. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, they forgot but, to tell us a lot, but I yeah. don't think they ever learned it. You know, okay. I think that's part of the thing is that, that the people who, you know, if, if, if people forgot to tell us stuff, it's because they, they never learned it themselves. Mm -hmm. so. I, I feel like we're a huge pivotal part of the healing generation. And in this conversation, I hope 100% pushes that forward. So thank you so much for your openness and your willingness to do this and talk with me and talk with us. And like, I'm like, I was trying to, I mean, I realized I get to watch this back, but I was like, dang, what book did she say? And I was like, calm down, you can watch it back. And so <laughs> that's what I was you about to text me. I was like, you can, it's fine. <laughs> you can text. What books have you, do you have a book that you on? I just finished Daring Greatly. Mm. Um, Brown, and mm -hmm. it was I it's it's crazy how many teardrops there are on each page like it just was so beautiful I watched I, I just finished also Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday Ryan Holiday yeah for sure he's amazing I'd love to talk to him soon I'm like bruh this is like an incredible book uh I he's finished, a brilliant brilliant person so good um I finished uh The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F also wonderful. did you like it loved it loved it Thought you've it been doing a lot of reading Girl, forgot that I was really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Forgot. I was like, because, you know, in the workspace space, I was reading a lot of entertainment and movies and sure. or whatever film and whatever was coming out, fashion, things like that, which isn't bad. But I, I hadn't taken the time to sit and read because I kept saying I didn't have time. And that was not right. Um, but now that I have allowed myself and trusted myself to give myself the time, it's crazy. I was like, I love reading. I was just talking about this with a friend. I was like, I forgot, like, everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I cannot read without the pen. Like, I need it to be the full highlighting experience. And I call a friend one chapter at a time, like, tears. Like, I love that experience of really learning from people's perspective, but also um, being transformed by words and what I'm hearing and learning. And it's, again, opening my perspective. So those three, I'm about to read a new book by Bashar. Um, and I'm excited about it. I just got in the mail today. I can't remember. I think it's a change something. I can't remember the title, but, um, I'll let you know about it and just trying to open my mind as much as I can because it's a beautiful world. And I'm like, I want to learn all about it. Yes. We have such a short amount of time here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you guys again for tuning in, for watching. Make sure you uh, follow Alex and keep in touch with her journey. She's wonderful and just is going to continue to be light in this world. So I'm grateful to connect with her and connect her to you. So uh, thank you. I feel the same about you. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode featuring a conversation with Alex. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Your feedback is appreciated and your thoughts are valued. Stay connected between episodes at stasiak.com slash human to human, where I'll be answering this episode's reflection question. You can also connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at one take Stace. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, we are not what we do. We are who we choose to be. So let's be curious. Let's be in community, be love, be support, and be real.
together. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.